0: From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Live on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chair. All right, so today the Oilers lose 5-2 to the Capitals. The Eskimos beat the Stampeders 29-20. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins at Rogers Place, 780-496-0063. We're going to bring Robert onto the show. Hey, Robert, thanks for staying up and giving us a buzz. What's on your mind?
2: Hey Reed, hey Ro- Hey Reed, hey Rob. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: Doing very good.
1: Now, now I've I've a couple thoughts tonight. My first one being you you know, I think this this 3-6 and 1 start would probably look all too all too familiar to Euler fans from back in the dark days, you know, the team starting off poorly and and never being able to recover. But uh, but I but this is a this is a much different this is a much different hockey team. From those days, and I know, and I I truly believe the Oilers will be will be much better over the final 72 games of the season. Well, I hope so. I mean, this this was a pretty rough 10-game patch. I mean, you only get seven out of a possible 20 points. They got to clean up the special teams. Somebody other than you know, McDavid, Maroon, and Dreisaitl has to be more regularly on the score sheet. And there were there were chances tonight, Rob. I mean, I don't think we should sit here and say, oh, they never came close to score. Strom actually made a couple really nice passes to Lucic. Um, you know, Holtby was slightly better than Talbot tonight. And, and then the Oilers... Couldn't quite finish. I, 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 by no means, what I was saying earlier. my writing off this season ten games in? Uh, it is a different, uh, a team with a different history, and I think a different talent level than a lot of the decade of darkness teams. My point is, though, is you just can't, you can't let that hole get too deep, and I, you know, I'm not overly comfortable with the depth of it right now.
0: oh well, I agree. I, I, I mean, you don't want to fall where you are in the standings and have to hop, leapfrog over all those teams going forward. But there were there are positives. They're, they're in all these games with a bad power play, a bad penalty kill, and, and goaltending that isn't up to the standards that Cam Talbot has been been at in the past. There's a number of players on this team that are snake bitten right now and eventually pucks are gonna go in for them. I thought the third and fourth lines tonight created a number of good scoring chances. Jokinen had some big ones. He set up a nice one by Benning. I thought Jujar Kara was, was uh, noticeable tonight when he was out on the ice. Uh, so they, they did get, I thought Cassian, again, one of the callers called and talked about Cassian and, and the shifts that he had. So there were chances, there were positives. The, what they need to do is they need to clean up, obviously, the specialty teams, but they need to clean up the big mistake because right now the big mistake has been killing them when they when they miss an assignment. In the, A perfect example is the start of the third period. The, the, the game is a 2-2 game, and you know, everything is, is still looking positive for them. And the first shift of the third period, the puck is, starts on the Washington Capitals' blue line and five seconds later is in the back of their net because I, I believe it was Nugent Hopkins missed an assignment in the middle of the ice. Capitals did a good job going cross ice with the puck, which split the Oilers' defensemen and Kanetsev. just went straight down the middle. No one had him. And and he actually had to slow down because I don't think Ovechkin saw him at first. He had to slow down or he would have had a breakaway the whole way in. I mean, Clefbaum pinches and gives up a, a, a four on one. Um, then they is his other goal where he went through it was a bad break. The puck goes off Kajula's foot right to Konetsov, but he goes in one on two or one on three, goes behind the net and scores the goal. So big mistakes cost the Edmonton Oilers. They clean those things up. They can go in a positive way. But as as we've seen, the mistakes are continuing. The, the poor specialty teams has continued and it's not just a one or two game thing yep. now it is one eighth yep. into the season Oh, that's
1: right. it's, it, it's, it's a trend so yep. there's some things they, they, they gotta fix. The Oilers get two tonight that means a $50 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast paced world. They give 25 bucks every time the Oilers score and you can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630chid.com.
3: It's the, the
0: Canadian Brewhouse Overtime time Open, Open line. line Now, from the Osman Oxygen. Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630
1: Chan. Well, good morning. Four minutes after midnight, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We're eight stories above the ice, surface at Rogers Place, where tonight, if Jenny Kuznetsov scored twice, the Capitals came back from a 2-0 deficit to beat the Oilers five. Two of the Oilers goal scorers tonight. Maroon and Larson, Smith, Pelley, Eller, and Beagle also scoring for the caps. Alexander Ovechkin, the playmaker, had three assists. Tonight, Oilers 0 for 4 on the power play. Washington did not have a power play. On the season, the Oilers are now four for 33 on the power play, 12.1%. Jesse has given us a ring. Jesse, good to hear from you. Go ahead.
3: Hey guys, how's it going tonight? Uh, just love listening
2: to your show. Listen to it every time when we drive back to Red Deer after the games.
0: First thing is, uh, it just seems like we're getting too many of our forwards caught below the goal line or down low too much, and the other teams are coming back on us in odd man rushes, or we just don't have the guys there. And we're not like that other guy said; our D men aren't taking liberties on their forwards. They're trying to stick check them. Second thing to me, it just looks like Lucic is so slow out there. It looks like he's behind the play, going up the ice, behind the play, coming back. Um, I mean, what do you do with him? Do you maybe, and like that other guy said too, the the East is fast, teams in the West are starting to build their teams, so they're faster. Lucic isn't getting any faster. Do we maybe try and move him to the third line?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I I think he'll be off the first power play, and Todd talked about making changes. As for what line or center he goes with, I mean that's a good question. I mean, it's somebody I, I saw somebody texted in they'd like to see Drysaitl and Lucic on the same line with maybe a different winger. But but again, I don't think they want to split up uh, McDavid and Drysaitl.
0: Well, until until somebody proves that they can score or create offense playing with McDavid, they they have to have Drysaitl there. Uh, Drysaitl and Lucic have played together before. They had some success last year, and they also I remember they had a rough one in Pittsburgh last year. So I, I think I think Todd McClellan can shuffle just about everything up right now. Because the the offense isn't where it needs to be. The specialty teams is nowhere near where it needs to be. And they gotta get better. And sometimes you just shake things up to send a message to your team. So You know, split up, I mean, the the Oilers have had these pairs, guys that they think are going to be together all the time, and and Nugent Hopkins and Lucic were one, and McDavid and Maroon were one. Well, maybe you start splitting everything up and and starting anew just to send a message through the team saying status quo is not near good enough.
1: 5-2, the Capitals take it. The Caps are coached by Barry Trotz.
2: This seemed like the bounce back that you needed, but it was in the way that it happened, the consistency, the come from behind. There's a lot that went right for your team tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we talked about playing the right way, um, and I thought we, you know, we played the right way. We, we battled through things. Uh, we stayed with it, which was, to me, was really, really probably the main thing. Is we just stayed with it, even though we fell down. Uh, uh, you know, in the first period there, and I thought we were playing really well. that uh, happened to us in Vancouver, and we just sort of, you know, went a different direction. But we stayed with what we wanted to do. I uh, got a big goal at the end of the uh, of the first period, and in the second period I thought we had a, a real good second period, and we got to tie it up, and then got the quick goal there, and, and then we just battled through it, and I thought we got some real key saves. Uh, actually, a couple key saves, and we were down uh, down 2-1 by Holtz, and then they had a flurry there where he was he was pretty good, so... Um, it was a real good, it was probably the most complete team effort from, you know, consistently from, you know, the goal out. Look like Devontae Smith-Belly fit in very well on that line tonight. Yeah, he was good. Debo was skating and, uh, you know, he's, we, you know, we've had a, a few discussions of what what I think he can be. And, um you know, hopefully he continues. I mean, it's just a game. Uh, he's put a couple of games together where he's, he's earned, the, earned the right to, to play with Kuzi and, and Ovi, and, and they seem to have a, a lot of jump, and I thought our leaders, I thought Ovi was really good tonight, Kuzi, Backy, Oshie. You talk about your, your key guys on the back end, you know, John Carlson and Brooks Orpik, and then obviously Braden and Nett, and our young guys were good too. So, like I said everybody everybody had a piece of this victory, and uh, that's how we're going to be successful.
0: You talked about wanting to see Kuznetsov start to score some goals himself. Yeah. Did you have to talk to him at all about shooting more? Or?
2: No, I just, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, he knows that we need to put some points up, and if, if he's not putting in a net, then, then Ovi has to. So, uh, you know, Ovi made a couple good passes. Got uh, you know, He's becoming a, an assist leader now instead of a scorer. He's, he got his 10 early, and now he's, he's trying to catch up. So. On the back end, so um, they played really well as a, as a unit, and I, that, everybody on the ice was was solid. We were a good five-man units all over the ice. Is it good to
0: also have just some secondary scoring
2: also with Eller and a little bit more yeah. balance maybe from new faces? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we're that, that'll be the strength of our of our group that we can chip in from you know from the bottom to the to the top line. So um, as we go along here, if we can just stay on, uh, you know. I talked about you know I'm not sure what our identity is. We you know you have to create your identity, and hopefully this is a step in the right direction for us. All right,
1: thanks, Barry. Thanks Barry. All right, Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. Capitals beat the Oilers five-two. This this was an interesting matchup because it's two teams with with uh, with you know a couple star players. If you want to look at McDavid and Drysital, Ovechkin and and Kuznetsov with goalies who were you know Holtby's been good for a while but were both top 5 goalies last year uh, Holtby and tell they tied for the league lead and wins actually and both didn't get out of the gate the way they wanted. Now the Caps, with the win today, get up to 5-5-1, five, five and one, so they're, they're doing better than the Oilers, but, you know, kind of a, a going into this game, the, the team that lost would have been sitting there saying, or the, the fan base for those teams, too, would have been like, oh no, what's wrong? I mean, the Caps could have been 4-6-1, and one, but they, they get the win, and instead the Oilers drop to 3-5-1. and one. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Capitals, too, Rob, because I don't know um, if they're as deep as they might have been the last couple of years where they continually run into Pittsburgh and get knocked out of the playoffs?
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think they're as deep, especially on the back end. I mean, John Carlson is a very, very good defenseman, but he's playing Brooks Orbeck, who, who's a veteran guy, but he's 37. He's near the the end. And then you got Taylor Charney, who couldn't make it here. Uh, Christian, and I how do you pronounce his last name? Jews? Juice. Juice. Yeah. Juice. I mean, he's 169 pounds playing defense in the National Hockey League. And the other kid, Madison Bowie. So, they like, they've got three defensemen that would probably struggle to, to play on a good hockey team, a good NHL hockey team. So, but not, they have Carlson. They do have Carlson, and he's good. But that that's one injury away from them being having a no-name defense so that they don't have the depth they've had in the bat in the past. And I know that Jack and Bob talked about it too. You know, they're, they're, their third and fourth lines, which they used to have good depth. They used to have third and fourth lines they could put out there and feel comfortable with and, and can create, I mean, Chimera, what he scored 20 goals as a third or fourth liner with, with Washington a few years ago. And now they've got guys that uh, they don't really scare you. So they're top heavy. They are, you know, an injury or two away from having a, a really tough time competing in, in the Eastern Conference, but their top-heavy players are good. I mean, you, you said they got uh, Knutsov and, and Vechkin, and that's not even talking about Nicholas Baxter. Yeah, good point, Who yeah. is, is one of my favorite players to watch. He's so smooth. And, and a TJ Oshie, who I thought had a very good game here tonight. So they got some very highly skilled players, and when Holtby's on, and normally he is. Yeah, he's as he's, good as anybody. He is, and we saw that tonight. I thought I was shocked that Holtby wasn't one of the three stars in this game tonight because he he made a number of big saves when that game was close. It could have turned the tide in the game, yet he stood tall. So uh, Washington, I don't think they're as feared as they were in the past, but it's also a team that can be you on any given night. Just because their top end players are so good.
1: And it's so, and you know, I was talking, you know, Tim Campbell uh, covers the Oilers for NHL.com, and, and we were talking at practice the other day, and he was he made a great point. He goes, You know, we do all this in the summer, and we go, so, Okay, this team's going to have 108 points. They're going to improve by six, and this team lost these players. They had 93 last year, although oh, they'll, they'll only get 85 this year. And then the season starts, and a team does a little better or worse than you thought. It's like, Oh my God. But I mean, it's, it's, it's so tight, and that's what's a little scary for me about the Oilers. I mean, look, Rob, even if, even if at the end of the year, Team A finishes 10 points ahead of Team B, 10 points, that's one win a month, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you, yeah. you think about, you look at the, the, the standings now as we're near the end of October, um, you know, the Oilers being uh, five points out of a playoff spot, well, that's that's two and a half wins, mm-hmm. and that's what I was saying. That that can take a long time to make up because the league is so close.
0: Well, and you don't want to be chasing and in, in March, you don't want to be chasing three or four or five or six teams having to win, having other teams need to lose. Or, and then at that point, what if they are five points out of a playoff pot at that point and, and Connor McDavid catches the flu and misses four games? Or, or Talbot uh, pulls a groin and misses five games. You don't want to be chasing at that point and have star players go down with injuries because you never know what's going to happen during the course of the season. The Oilers had a pretty favorable start to the year uh, with schedule-wise. They had a you know, more or less healthy lineup. I mean, they missed dry settle for a couple of games yeah. there, and Sacker's out, and they didn't take advantage of it. And a lot of it wasn't because of the lineup they had. A lot of it had to do with them beating themselves. And I think that's what caused Todd McClellan to lose sleep well, at night. Well, it's really
1: that, that getting swept on that three-game homestand that, yep. is, that is critical when you look at the first ten games. And... They were negligent in all three yeah. of those games. And, and that's, you know, one of us made the point after, I think, the Carolina game um, where, when they were played really poorly for the first 30 minutes where we said – The the, the Carolina Hurricanes maybe flat out are a better team than the Edmonton Oilers, but I would have liked to find out seeing the Oilers play a more a more responsible game as opposed to beating themselves half the time.
0: Well, and there's no there's no patsies in the league anymore. There used to be games that you could. All right, uh, Pittsburgh tonight is playing against the New York Islanders. The Islanders are awful. Pittsburgh's probably going to win this one by four. I mean, the Las Vegas team is in the league and they're, they're tops at the Western Conference. There's The Vancouver Canucks are in a playoff spot right now. I think they're 6-3-1 and one or something along that slide. Those were teams that everyone expected to be at the bottom, not only of the of their divisions, but at the bottom of the entire NHL. So there's no easy games. And if you start going out there and beating yourself, well, you're going to put yourself in a big hole. And I think in a lot of the games that the Oilers have lost this year, they can look in the mirror afterwards and say, you know what? We did this to ourselves uh, through a lack of communication, uh, missed assignments, uh, not, not executing well enough in the offensive zone, and they're not getting beat by teams that are playing superior. They're getting beat because they're not playing up to their capabilities.
1: 5-2, the Capitals take it tonight. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, some final thoughts when we get back. Canadian Brew Brewhouse, overtime open line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre.
0: From the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well,
1: once again, we get mixed results from an Eskimos-Oilers doubleheader on 630 Chad. We've had one four weekends in a row. The Eskimos have won all four of those. The Oilers, unfortunately, have lost all four of those. Tonight, falling 5-2 to the Washington Capitals. Alexander Ovechkin, three assists. Here he is, feel like this is maybe the best uh, couple of periods
0: you guys have put together back-to-back in a, in a little while, the second and the third, tonight.
3: Yeah, obviously, uh, we have a huge uh, goal at the end the first, and uh, <laughs> we knew the game is uh, it's not over, we can uh, bounce back, and that's what we did.
2: Um, it seemed like Devontae fit in pretty well on you guys' line. Uh, you
0: were generating chances uh, throughout. Well, what did you see there? That, yeah
3: obviously he's uh have a big body out there you know he's uh he can control the puck he can hold the puck and uh um he can find uh, find us uh, over there it's uh have a good skill and uh again um you know i think we feel feeling it tonight and uh uh, hope we're gonna feel the same tomorrow.
2: You guys, as best players,
0: were really good tonight, and your secondary players were really good. The PK was good. Is this a kind of wind that you think can uh, gain you guys some traction, and give you the ability? To, you know,
3: yeah, I think it's of. just mentally wise right now. You know, we need uh, that wind to, uh, you know, just uh, feel a little bit uh, comfortable. I don't know, it's uh, another word, but um, I think the guys right now is going to be enjoyed, and uh, tomorrow is another big one, so. I don't think we have a good success this year back to back, so it's gonna be a big test for us. First time in three years for you to have three assists in one game. Well you're usually your scorer and uh some three nice uh plays. Uh, sometimes uh magic happens, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks guys. Thanks, Al, thank you.
1: Alexander Ovechkin and you probably saw that story that he uh he uh, got some clothing for a Homeless gentleman in in, uh, downtown Edmonton uh, yesterday. And uh, three more assists tonight, this time of the hockey variety, as the Capitals beat the Oilers 5-2. And and now later today, Washington goes into uh, Calgary as they uh, finish off the Western Swing, lost to Vancouver, beat the Oilers tonight. Uh, The Flames, uh, neither the Flames or the Oilers have been doing well at at home. Uh, Neither one uh, playing as well as they would like. The Flames do have three more points than, uh, than the Oilers. So the, the Oilers won't practice today. They'll practice Monday and Tuesday. Penguins play the Jets uh, tomorrow, and then they're here on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Both the Edmonton goes to, to Pittsburgh, and it has four nights where it slept in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh's going to be here, and they're going to have a couple nights off before they play the Oilers as well. Uh, it's a tough test for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, they're getting another team that's very top-heavy, very skilled up front, Uh, Whenever the Penguins and Oilers get together, they're fun games to 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 watch, and I know the players are excited about being on the ice. The one thing that scares me about the Penguins is uh, since Connor McDavid has been has played against Sidney Crosby, Crosby hasn't had a point, and in the games and and the Penguins have won those games without Crosby doing anything. You know, eventually he's going to break out, and you just hope that it's not Wednesday in that game because he can win a game by himself.
1: All right. So you can get more on 6:30. Ched.com on both the Eskimos' victory over the Stampeders, 29-20, and the Oilers' 5-2 loss to the Washington Capitals. That game against Pittsburgh on Wednesday, uh, an unusual start time for Edmonton. Five o'clock face-off show puck drop will be at 6:30. Oilers and Seriously? Penguins. I'm serious, Rob Brown. I'm glad good thing you, bro. I told
0: you. It's good thing you
1: told me because <laughs> I would have been a little late. It's 12.23 in the morning. Thanks for staying up and listening to us. Great day of sports here on 630 Chet. Thanks to Patrick Bauer. He was the studio producer for both Eskimos and Oilers broadcast. And uh, Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great evening.
3: Number one in sales and customer